Hey moms out there juggling businesses, household chores, kiddos, and a thousand other tasks, we've got a treat for you. This episode is all about finding balance in the chaos, discussing the magic of active listening and how it affects our relationships, and embracing the permission to be uniquely you. Get ready for a deep dive into harnessing your inner genius while navigating the tides of motherhood. Squeeze this podcast into your me time because trust us, you won't want to miss this. Welcome to the Mama Genius Hub podcast, your hub for all things motherhood and self-discovery. I'm your host, Michelle DeKaiser, here to empower and connect you. Genius isn't a word around here, it's our guiding light. Guiding kids' genius, empowering mama's purpose, navigating motherhood, igniting connections, including the transformational powers of women's circles, unleashing self-care, and success stories of mothers just like you. Join us on our journey to live in your genius zone. Subscribe and let's do motherhood together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Mama Genius Hub podcast. I got Mel Finlater here. We're so excited to talk about mom's big audacious dreams. That's what genius is all about is what is that dream inside of you? And Mel is all about that as well as we're going to have a conversation. How do we get into those dreams? What do we do about them? And we're just going to enjoy it so much. Let me go ahead and introduce Mel for everyone. She believes that mothering is all senses of the world. That is need, that is, okay, I need to work on my moving my screen because you know, that's what happens, right? When you try to read up there. We're going to start this all over because we can do that. Here we go. Believes that It is mothering in all sense of the word that is needed to change the world. So she does everything she can to help make their big, audacious, impact-driven dreams a reality. From finding the courage to shifting the unhelpful beliefs, Mel uses coaching, curiosity, and connection to move moms forward and ultimately make this world a better place. This is why Mel and I get along so well. We have so much in common because our whole vision is let's get moms out there figure out what is there more. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Mel. Welcome. 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 Thank yes, you. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. So I'm Mel and this is always a funny question and always what I start with on my podcast too. And it's always like, who is Mel? Who uh, I'm so many things, right. But some of my labels or titles, I suppose would be that I am a mom. I have two kids an eight and a five-year-old. I live on Vancouver Island. Um, I am a wife and a coach and a soccer player and a water lover and so many things. And I have been I have been on my own journey into motherhood, and I am using all the experience of coming out of that and everything I learned to help moms and make the world a better place essentially uh my my belief is that it is moms or women with mothering instincts even that are going to change the world and the the problem is that so many of us don't have the confidence or the uh, connection to ourself and our identity to go out and do that and to even even be able to dream um, and once we get that dream to to take it to the next level so I'm determined to to help people get there really I love that that's why we kind of on the same kind of mission is let's get into that what is that more that moms have and then how do we actually make that a reality and so yeah. 
what for you, where do you, how do you go about extracting that from moms? So I do it. I tend to, my belief is that the initial thing that every human needs as well as moms, of course, is to be seen and heard. And, and when we're seen and heard, we feel like we matter, right? We start to value ourselves and we realize that someone else values us because so often we can go through like a whole day, a week, even a month, not feeling like we were seen and heard by anybody because our kids interrupt us for no fault of their own developmental stage. Right. And we don't get to even finish a sentence, let alone have like 15 minutes to actually like blurt something out. Um, so being seen and heard is, is the biggest first thing. And that's where a lot of the coaching actually comes in. And then, um, yeah, helping people see that they matter, connecting with themselves, giving them the tools to do that, connecting them with others. So that sense of belonging, right? Like we, we, I know, you know, this, like, that's your big thing too. Right. And we need other people in our life. And there's a sign behind me, which you probably can't read which says as humans, we are designed to do something bigger than ourselves together with others. And it is that together with others part that enables us to do that. So I connect people together and build community around that and, um, and then help, help mothers figure out what their actual dream is. How do you, what's their purpose, right? We're all often chasing this purpose as if it's outside of ourselves, but it's already there. We just need to connect in with it. And um, by doing that, we'll suddenly feel like all this impact that we can create in the world and have no no choice almost, but to, to pursue it because we're so excited. I love that. I love how you say that it's like already inside of us. And I think that's where the yeah. part is we, we forget it. And that's where I have like, when I'm looking at doing all of this, it's, it's, I look at, at when, like when you're washing the dishes, I always bring up washing the dishes. I don't know why, but all of a sudden you're like, Oh, nope. That's coming back up again. I'm just like, tears come down your eyes. You're like, I want to do something. There's more out there. And all of a sudden you just push it right back down. And then you like go on and you let the busyness, which is why we're going to talk a little bit about business later, come back in to just suppress it all. So how do we release some of that to figure out what is already inside of us? Yeah. And one of the biggest, well, I mean, be seen and heard, find someone to like, that will actually listen to what you have to say, say, and, and, um, actually a recent episode on my podcast with Nick Heap that's coming out this week, he talks all about this concept of listening and how it would change the world if we all learned to listen to each other and felt listened to. And, um, you know, if we could find a listening buddy and say, I'm going to take 15 minutes and then you take 15 minutes and the other person purely listens, there's no like advice or anything like that. Just listen and like look engaged. Um, find someone that you can do that with. Right. And be, it might feel awkward at first, but being so intentional about that, uh, having that time and saying, I need like, cause when was the last time you had 15 minutes uninterrupted to say what you want to say, anything, even if you don't know what to say in that 15 minutes, it just comes out. You'll just, it'll come. Right. So listening is the, the key answer, I think, to, to that question. I love that so much because I, I think that that's even why I do the women's circles is because it is all about really, truly listening to each other again, because we've forgotten how to do that again. It's like, what am I going to say next? What am I going to do to try to fix their problem? And then by having those thoughts, you're not actually really listening to the person anymore. You're yeah. like blocking that 
because you're too busy. Comp so again, like you're saying, for listening purposes, some of the best things to do are instead of trying to figure out what you're going to say next, try to repeat what they've said or make sure you've understood what yeah. they've said so they can process more. And, and the other thing, the great thing about this process of having a 15 minutes each is you, you don't say anything afterwards. You just say, oh, thank you for sharing. I so love that. Yeah. all those thoughts that are going through your mind, you just dis can e more easily dismiss them because you don't have to come up with something intelligent to say afterwards, right? When you're really intentional about it. And in a more like natural conversation, I always enter it with this space of curiosity. And I've learned that over time. Coaching was like one of the best skills I learned because it, it helps me to stop that thinking in my head and just go, what am I curious about right now? I don't have to seem smart about what I'm going to reply or anything like that. Just what am I curious about that person? And that's how people feel seen and heard. I love that because you're actually engaging with them instead of worrying about what you're going to do and leading with that curiosity and just makes all the difference and doing that with your kids as well. That's I, it was getting to that because a lot of times we cut our kids off mm. and also in giving like that with the listening buddy is learning to learn that skill in the 15 minutes and then transferring that to people outside of you to truly utterly to listen to each other and not cut them off. And the part I love the best, what is your take on silence when someone like doesn't share what they say? What's your take on that? Give it to them, right? Give it to them without looking awkward, right? Just, just be okay with it. And that's really hard. I know that that's really hard. Some people more than others, and there's kind of, I think each of us have like a threshold that we're willing to give for that without then feeling awkward. Like, are you going to talk? I'm not sure what's happening, especially because it's often in those moments of silence that the emotion comes out because we've allowed it, right? We've allowed them the space to feel whatever it is that was coming up for them, right? Or for ourselves in that moment. And then we're like, oh, are they sad because I didn't talk and I gave them silence, you know? And no. Silence is one of the most powerful gifts we could give someone. Silence whilst listening, right? Because I can still listen even if you're not talking. It's so true. And I and I and I see that's so vital when we're talking to our kids as well, because a lot of times we cut them off and we think we want to like give them advice or or something, and then all of a sudden they shut down and they hadn't even finished expressing what they wanted to. And so the silence is such a magical moment to get used to. Because it is feels so awkward. You're right. Like, yeah. Can, can I do it? Can I? Can I? So I think we're both here sitting here encouraging you. Sit in comfort in the silence and yeah. see what the silence brings. Because there's golden on the other side of it. Yeah. And as you say, like not only with other adults, but with kids, I think that's a really good point. And I think I'm actually better with adults than kids at that, right? I I think my daughter teaches me to be okay with silence because she's a deep thinker and she wants to take her time and I'm going all right like did you hear the question I'm not sure if you heard the question but most of the time she's just really thinking it through and sometimes she'll answer like 10 minutes later right like not all the time of course but um yeah and everybody just processes a different kind of Right when you said that, you made me think of my son, like, oh, wait, am I doing that? And so what I say to him is it's okay to respond. I'm still thinking or I don't know yet, but please just respond. Or like, just look look at me so I know that you're about to respond at some point in time. Yeah, I know. Right. I was like, you don't need to respond. You can think for longer, but I just need to know that you actually, like, identified that I asked you a question. 
Yeah. Well, and that goes back to us be feeling the need to be seen and heard, right? And when our kids are still learning those skills, it doesn't make us feel seen and heard. <laughs> so we got to find that elsewhere sometimes, right? So that we can fill so that true. bucket. <laughs> so we can have yeah. a full cup when we have to deal with the kids who are still learning the process. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. So that is such a great takeaway already is that find a listening buddy and other, you know, if you're struggling to do that or don't have something, come to one of my women's circle, come to one of Mel's programs. I mean, that's what we're trying to design to do is that's what this is all about is finding the right community. So let's go into a little bit about community and, and ideas of how, how do we build that community around us to, to, cause I mean, you have this idea of creating these big audacious dreams, but how do we bring those out of us? And I know community is one of the key components to do that. It really is. And I think actually listening buddy is a great first step towards that. Right. And also this space entering this space of curiosity. Right. So like I, I used to have a story that I told myself frequently and I still do and stop myself that I don't like small talk and that I'm really awkward with new people, right? And offline, I can still like, I can feel my thoughts right now going offline, you still are Mel, but it's like, <laughs> that story is there because I still feel like, because of the natural instinct that us humans have that we need to, to sound intelligent when we're, we're trying to connect with other people. And the reason I share this is in the context of your question around community is in finding a new community. If you just don't have one around you that is actually supporting, like, you know, sometimes when we have big audacious dreams, they're out of the norm, right? They're not what your mom did or your sister did or your neighbor did or whatever, right? Your best friend. And they're looking at you like, I don't quite get it. And because they love you so much, they fear for your risk and all the different things, you know, and yeah, like some of these dreams take a little bit of risk in our life. We're not in a normal quote unquote job, as my mama has told me before. When are you going to get a normal job? Well, don't I have one? <laughs> we talked about being a teacher. I was like, well, I am teaching this. <laughs> what? <laughs> but um, anyways, it's so sometimes we have to go find a new community and that's hard. But if we enter it with that curiosity and that courage to actually just listen to the other person and then assess whether you think that's someone that you're, you know, would love to spend more time with and build it from there. Right. Because so often we'll go in thinking like, how am I going to like, I want to tell people about what I do. I want to figure out who gets what I do. So you talk about yourself, but like, that's not how we don't just knock on people's doors anymore and just say like, Hey, I'm Mel. And like, try to tell myself all about like myself, right? <laughs> like, it's not really the way it works. So certainly starting to build those, those connections and friendships in person, but also, do you know what? Online is sometimes easier. You know, Michelle and I, you, we met on a course about building our big dreams, right? So there was an automatic filter there that connected me with people who believed what I believe. And then we build from there, right? And there's places like yourself and me who are creating these communities intentionally. And we can just be like, hey, I really need this. I'm going to go in and, and uh, join this community. 
So, you know, you can do it through your natural senses and build that up. I, I recommend both, to be honest, because we need those friendships as well. We need those those in-person relationships. But best tip is to just go try. And I love that. And I love the idea of just leading with that curiosity, because actually this past weekend, I, I had never talked to this mom before. And I just started leading with questions. I was curious because we were at a swim meet and I was curious about how her daughters do it and just kept... And eventually led into a more deep conversation that I've had with most people like in that kind of situation is because, I, and again, it does take like going into that conversation a little bit, talking about whatever you're doing at, and then kind of like weeding it out, like asking a couple questions, like, is this person willing to go a little bit deeper? Some people are, some people aren't. And so again, it's not that you just go like dive off the deep end, speaking of swimming, right? Into asking these really deep questions right away, but kind of like lead into it and then ask a couple questions. And we were talking probably two hours <laughs> for a side table, like doing yeah. different things or whatever. And like, we just, I don't know if we'll talk again or what, but it was just th those types of conversations. I'm realizing I'm having more and more, even with people around me by leading like having the courage to lead that conversation through curiosity. And I was just asking questions about what's going on instead of just the normal, how's the weather, how, you know, where are the kids up to? And I feel like those were always like, like you said, the small talk. Yeah. And like, you might start there and that's okay. That's okay. Right. But then you can like, the fact is I'm not looking for someone that I only small talk to all the time. Right. right? So I might start there and like the courage is insane it's okay if I then ask a question that they're like, oh, because it's just out of the norm for them, yeah. right? It's okay if then they're like, I don't actually want to talk about that. That's okay. Then you change like, the conversation, but if you don't try, you're right. Yeah, totally. And honestly, if we enter with curiosity, not like, like, why is the sky blue? Or like, what are your deepest, darkest fears? Like, don't go in with that as your, your leading line, right? But it be, might be like, like, you might start with like, how was your morning? And then they'll talk, probably rant about something because all of our mornings are always hard getting kids to school, right? That's the way our conversation started today. And you may, might be like, oh, like, you could dig it in deeper about that if you want, or you could lead it on to like, okay, so what's the plan for the rest of the day? Like, what do you, or when do you get you time today? Or how are you going to like reshift that for yourself? And they'll be like, oh, and then like, it'll promote them to think even if they don't answer to you. So, yeah. I love that so much. And so a lot of this is first starting to have these conversations and finding people have these conversations with, because that's, what's going to bring out the more in us is through these conversations. It's like you said, being seen, heard by someone else really brings that out in you. And that's why I propone the women's circle so much because all of a sudden you're speaking from the heart, which you didn't realize. And so even these one-on-one -on -one conversations have that same type of intention to learn from the heart. So the other aspect that I know that you speak on, especially in your name, permission to be human, is that idea of permission because we feel like a lot of times we lack that. So I don't know if you want to go a little deeper into that. Sure, yeah. I mean, the topic came, or the title came from the concept, there's permission to be human, right? So there's permission and there's human in that. And so often we feel like we have, especially as women, we feel like we need to ask permission. We don't necessarily go out and say, is it okay? But that's what's going on in our mind and we're waiting for it. We're waiting for this permission to follow a dream or to, especially things that are bigger, right? Not necessarily permission to do something that's within the box, 
but certainly permission to step out. But also the human part is around, it's okay that this is hard. Life is hard. It's okay to feel guilty because you're, you're chasing a dream or you went away on a trip that you really need because you need to feel connected and seen and heard. It's okay to feel. It's okay to feel, right? Those are human emotions. And when we allow ourselves and, and be okay and we give ourselves permission, they go, they pass, right? When we don't allow ourselves that permission, we, they stay, they stay and they bottle up and they sit right here for me, right below the neck. And I want to scream, right? And I know that everybody listening has experienced that at some point in time, right? Because we hold it in and it's permission to be human allows us to let that pass. It allows us to cry when we need to cry, you know, in whatever moment you feel like that's appropriate, but to let it all out and to, to laugh <laughs> and to, you know, all of the human emotions allow ourselves to play. It's so important to play with our kids, but also whatever that means for us in our life, what does play look like? Right. Um, like I have uh, for an example, something that I really want to do. And I'm like, give like still working through allowing my per per myself permission to do is like, I have this, um, I've started through a lot of like deep connection with work with myself to realize the, the anger I have for like the patriarchy and all the things around it. Right. And I need to release that. Right. I got to get that out and I need to give myself permission to get that out in a healthy way and through a playful way for me, like play and anger feel like they would actually go really well together. So I have this temptation in England. They used to have at fairs, these things where you, um, you uh, had like plates and different like vintage dishes and various things and you would throw things at them and you would break them <laughs> or you'd take a dish and you'd throw it at the ground and you'd break it. And I, I have this massive craving to break a dish. So I'm like waiting for the permission. It's, I think the permission is just about there for myself well, now. And it's more like, cause that seems wrong. I'm like, cause I don't like waste right? Like that, you know, but I need that. And I just have to find the right dishes for myself that like, well, do they have, I don't know if they have these in Canada or not, but we actually have what they call smash rooms. I, I haven't seen one here, but I am certainly going to, look I had a friend who took me for my birthday and I have to admit yeah. there's five of us and we, they put you in like gear and you get a sledgehammer if you want it. Yeah. And I went office space. I've always wanted to break the fax machine like they do in office space. Yeah. So I got the printer. I'm like, that printer is my birthday. Is mine. <laughs> Brilliant, right? Because we need to release these things and it can look in all sorts of way. But it's better to smash a printer than yell at someone we love the most or, or at ourselves, <laughs> right? Or punch that pillow. It, we got to get it out. We have to get it out and it's okay. Like take permission to get those things out. Not only rage, but that is obviously a big emotion. And I think one that every female has because of the way that the world is, um, but also all of the other range and spectrum of emotions that we have. Uh, so, yeah. I think I, I agree with that so much. The rage that's, that's coming in and that's, I mean, I think leading us both to do, to speak out and to be here. And, and again, what I would have been like, 
formulating is my whole mission and goal is like getting women to be the economics in terms of being able to control their own money and to believe in their messaging and how they want to create and being able to do that. And I know I haven't quite done that for myself yet, but that's the goal. That's, that's what this is all about is creating that voice, that messaging. And I believe you're right there with me in terms of that permission to let's do this. Like, let's change things. I mean, the Dalai Lama's even prophesized it in 2009 saying the Western woman's going to save the world. We got to do it. Yeah. Exactly. And you are doing it and we are doing it. You know, you say you're not there, but you are actually like the action itself of doing all of this work is being there and the rest will fall into place. I truly believe it. Right. We just do and then see what happens. See, I need the permission right there, Mel. Thanks. Permission. Permission to keep going. Permission to like control your finances and believe that this message is worth putting out there. Because I just so like it just coming straight from heart and like just the energy is just coming forth hey there busy mamas i know exactly how you feel overwhelmed frustrated and barely find time for yourself guess what i've been there and i found a way out i've got something just for you and it's called busy mamas 10 ways to reclaim your morning in one minute you see during the chaotic times of getting my kids ready for school and wanting to pull my hair out i realized i need to start taking care of myself too it wasn't easy but it was necessary so here's your free gift for your first step to taking back your mornings and enjoying them again. And there's a bonus too to help you organize your mornings with your kids. So claim it at connectingmamas.com slash it's time to stop doing motherhood alone and start supporting each other. I can see it from you too. It's just like, we need to do something different. You're right. And the, and getting the rage out, like you were saying about the patriarchy yeah. and stuff, but then what do we do about it now? So we were releasing yeah. the rage and then taking the actions necessary to take control to, I don't even know the word controls, right. But just yeah. to change the the dynamics of it all, like you said, the permission of it all. And I think that's why these messages are so powerful. Yeah, definitely. And on that note, since we are running a little bit out of time, we're going to run into our questions for Mal. Unless right. there's any final tidbits you want to give us on what we've been speaking about before we run into our five questions. No, I think we've covered, I think we've covered it. It's that permission to be human, that community, that connection with yourself and others will, you know, all encompassed by this learning or not learning, definitely learning, but listening and feeling heard. If we could all get that, then it is, it is us women that are going to go and change the world. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. And we already are right. We already are. And like, celebrating the fact that we are even if that doesn't mean the million dollar like (laughs) even if that doesn't mean the million dollars in our pocket yet right but it's the it's the action that we're taking and even you know let like if one person listens to this and it changes the course of their life I would be a hundred percent happy with the fact that we did this Right. So that's what impact is. And it's okay. Like it's not about numbers. It's about like the quality of the information we're putting out there. And what we're saying is you matter. Like you do, you matter, Michelle. And every woman listening to this matters and let's get you believing it. Right. And let's get you opening well. up to those dreams that are in there. And making them a reality. That's what the scene and being heard is. And we're both creating that community to find that support to be able to do this. And that's what I think it truly just comes down to is 
why I'm even doing the genius podcast, because I believe every one of us has that genius inside of us needing to be seen and heard, like you said, but we need the support as women to have the permission, as you put it, and to really come forth. And that's what this is all about. So come on, women. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) All right. We're going to dive into Mel's five questions for us. So number one, share your favorite book or resource that has a significant impact on your journey as a mama. Sure. So I was thinking about this one and I decided to just go with recent, which is what I'm actually reading right now. And it is like within one chapter, totally shifted my perspective. Um, So it's called Sensitive. Hold it up here. Sensitive. And it's by Jen Granman and Andre Solo. And it is all about this concept of highly sensitive people. And it has completely shifted my perspective on myself, who would identify as that having read it, and on my daughter and children in general, I think, and actually many children that I've met along the way. And it's this concept that um, so often we can enter, we can look at our kids and like wonder what, if they're a little quirky or a little different, we, we want to diagnose them. And not saying there aren't diagnosable things out there, but we're kind of trying, we're like, oh, what's wrong if they're the ones standing at the back of the room or they don't want to go at recess or, you know, all the little things that come out. And this book is is all about the research showing that I think it's 20 to 30% of people have this human trait that is highly sensitive. So that basically means we feel deeply and we, therefore we get overstimulated very quickly. Right. Mm. So I'm looking at it going, Oh, like I get it now. I get why it bothers me when the radio is on in the car and someone's trying to talk to me because it just becomes too much. I'm like, right. I get why I want to like, especially a movie about animals. I will just cry. (laughs) Like if anything goes wrong, I, cause I just feel deeply right. How I can literally feel empathy for anybody in the world. And that's a big thing to say, cause there are some people making very poor choices in the world right now but I can feel the empathy of, and like the curiosity around it. And that's this, this whole thing about sensitive. And um, so I highly recommend reading it because if you're not it or your kid isn't sent, wouldn't identify as this, I bet you, you know, someone who would. Well, I so. love that. And again, it's just being more open-minded to how other people interpret things. And I think that's yeah. what it comes down to is that we lead with curiosity and trying to understand rather than fix. Exactly. This one's understanding. And it also argues that this is a, like, as a human species, we wouldn't be alive if this was not a superpower. It would have been out of us already. Right. So it's showing like how, how many incredible things we can do because this is the person that we are. Well, I love that you put put that up at the schoolyard too, because sometimes we're so busy trying to make sure that they do the same thing as everyone else. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's learning to celebrate the fact that they are out of the box and yeah. doing things a little bit differently, because that's how we get all the creativity and things. It's not by conforming to what everyone else is doing. It's by being the yeah. genius, being the person that we are meant to be. And so yeah. the more we start celebrating that and seeing that in our kids and admiring that instead of putting as a negative, 
exactly. and that actually like in the case of a, a highly sensitive child they may well be protecting themselves in order to best learn in a little bit because it's overstimulating to have all of the sound and have these balls flying everywhere and to whatever right like all these things like I look at it, I'm like, I would be overstimulated at recess right now. <laughs> so I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I hate it, research, re re recess duty when I had to do it. But there have been many times where I had to be in the playground as adults. I'm like, I don't want to be here. I can't imagine kids not wanting to be there either. Yeah, totally. Totally. So yeah, I really recommend the book Sensitive. And there's a bunch of books around it, but this one's really good. Yeah. And number two for us is... What is a special family tradition or ritual that brings joy and connection to your household? Yeah, so I'll bring a Christmas one out because we're running up to that time of years right now. And it's just the simplest little thing where we, there's lots around Christmas, but on Christmas Eve, my family will always jump in the car with cookies that we made together, right? So Christmas cookies that we made together. We'll jump in the car, dog included, and the dog eating the cookies. <laughs> no cookies for the dog. I'm sorry, dog. No, that was like a bad night in my house. Um, <laughs> but the dog, we used to. I don't know if she could do it this year. Usually, we let her come in the front with us, but she's pretty big now um, and sit on the seat. But um, and we just drive around really slowly and look at Christmas lights and play Christmas music. And let the kids like really reach out the window and do whatever they need to do. And I think it's just the the fact that it's every year, the fact that we slow down and the fact that we will make sure we take that time to do it together. Because it would be really easy, especially if we're not here, like we went, you know, to a parent's or like we traveled somewhere. It'd be really easy to just not do it. But my kids are so good at reminding me that like those rituals matter. And that's where we feel our connection. So. I love that so much. We were actually last night just talking about because we have some like actual places that like one of the campgrounds actually decorates the whole campground and it's like a mile drive. And so we're just because we like you said, you can get so the last two weekends have been all swim meets. So we haven't had a chance to do that as a family. And so this will be the first time we're like, OK, well, Friday night, we're planning it now. Like we're making sure we're putting in the things that we want to do. And I was like, also, I thought we had one more week of the Christmas. And I was like, oh, we don't. We only have one weekend left. No, we have two weekends left. No. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do, because Christmas is on Monday. Okay, well, uh, sorry, I take that back. We leave for we leave for our Christmas Oh, okay, party. you leave on that weekend. Yeah, and yeah. so Christmas itself, yes, but for, like, Christmas vacation to start, like, this is it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and my son's birthday is Christmas Eve, so it always throws a wrench into uh, okay. you know, planning everything. Yeah. We can't be on the road on Christmas Eve. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Tradition. Yeah. Number three. This leads to what we were talking about, a lot of the busyness, right? I want that's why I want to open this conversation up to it because I even call moms out as busy moms because that's how we've identified ourselves. And so a lot of times I'll catch myself where people ask, How are you doing? And then the answer will be, I'm busy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm still trying to figure out different questions to ask because I swear all of last week I've caught myself five times just automatically out of my mouth. How do you how are you doing? I'm like, what? Hi yeah. Jenna. Say hi to Jenna. Hi, Jenna. <laughs> I have two answers to this question. One is that it's okay to ask the question, how are you doing? And listen to their answer, which will not be, it'll be superficial. And then actually say, how are you actually doing? Right. So you can, you, you can do a follow-up question because 
pretty much every mom I talk to, unless they've practiced this a lot, will not answer the question about how are they doing. They'll tell me all about their kids. I'm like, mm. no, I asked you how you are doing, right? And then we'll lead on to there. Um, and that's always powerful. That being said, there's also a really another uh, really good other question that uh, we can pull from positive psych positive psychology, which is what's good. And it leads in great places. What's good? Because our natural sure, tendency. Well, that's it. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I forget. It's uh, apostrophinated. That's a word. We'll call it two words. Um, <laughs> right. So simple. And because of negativity bias, which is a human nature, like that's what we all do, we see the negative first. But by saying what's good, we're inviting people to remember the good. And that doesn't mean we're negating, we're still giving permission to be human and all the negative stuff in our life. But we can start with what's good. And that will get us moving in a direction that feels good. Right? What's good? Yeah. Mind blown right now. Okay, I got <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Two words, three words, type Nate, whatever. What's good? Yeah. I'm going to work on getting how are you doing out of my head? <laughs> yeah. And actually, if you're facilitating a group or something, it's a really nice place to start as well. Um, and I can't quote exactly what the research is, but there is research around the fact that that improves our positivity and our mood. Yeah. See, this is why I'm asking the question. I'm getting such insightful things from all the speakers. Nice. And number four, describe what genius means to you and how do you feel being in your genius zone? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question because without knowing your work and what you're doing, genius would simply mean someone who's really intelligent, right? That being said, intelligence is more than uh, what you can do academically, right? So we can open that up to genius, meaning your, meaning all the stuff that's in that sensitive book, right? It's meaning that you have this, this, awareness and intelligence of yourself and of other people and of the world around you and that I love the way you use the word genius because it's saying we can all tap into it it's basically our strengths right it's the way that like we all have them it's our purpose it's our like what we're good at the way we go about the world and giving ourselves permission to just be that person then we find our genius yeah I love that and number five, how do you encourage your children or any child to explore new skills and passions and live in their genius? Oh, that's a good question. Um, how do I do that? The, the, the answer that comes to mind immediately is get them outside. Right. And Jenna, if she's still watching, will be like, yes. Right. <laughs> because, and I say that because nature has so many healing factors to it, but also it forces us to slow down. It forces, it doesn't force, it allows us to um, get regulated because kids are so often dysregulated. As humans, we're so often dysregulated. We're either like overexcited or like somewhere in between, but it's, we're often dysregulated. So Get them outside and allow them to start exploring whatever that genius means for them, right? I think we allow them to play outside, not just like, not always setting them up with an activity that they have to do or whatever, just allow them to play and play with them. Then their genius and who they are will come about and then celebrate it with them. 
I love that. Yeah. And actually the, the idea of getting outside, I was actually a podcast just did um, last week. She was talking about how she's talking about a lot about the, um, <clears throat> the, the safety of the computers, but she also came up that kids are so busy in front of screens. They're not developing their farsightedness anymore. Like they just, yeah. they can't even see farsighted anymore because of this in front of them. So the more we give them the opportunity to even develop their senses and the things around them, the yeah. further they're going to bring in their genius as well because we're, yeah. we're inhibiting some of that. And again, we're going to lose that adaptation if we're not using it. It's so yeah. vital to get all of this into who we are and see the different perspectives. Totally. Well, thank you so much, Mel, for coming on today. What I'd like to end with is your final take on um, whatever you want to share with the audience and how people can get a hold of you. Sure. So you can get a hold of, me, hold of me on Facebook or Instagram, which is permission to be human coaching on Instagram and just permission to be human on Facebook and like message me and follow uh, like you want a podcast that's similar to Michelle's with all sorts of amazing stories of people chasing, not chasing, doing, living their big audacious dreams, then permission to be human. The podcast is another place for you to hang out. And I am always open to conversations with people. I'm actually, so I do have a freebie that we can share with people around being guilt-free. And it's, uh, I think there's, I can't remember how many people I interviewed that have had their adults now, but when they were kids, their parents were entrepreneurs and to show like what that's taught them and, and how they feel about that. It's a really powerful stories to read. Um, so you can connect with that at permission to be human.ca slash guilt-free mumpreneur. And then I have a new one coming out soon. So do follow me on Facebook and, and Instagram because it will um, be all about the seen and heard thing and some uh, really practical tools to do that, including a link to have 15 minutes of me just listening. No sales, just me saying, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. So that will be in there as well. Um, yeah, I look forward to connecting with anybody who is, would love to. I love that so much. And again, it is really about being seen and heard in that community and finding those people. And again, if you're listening to this and you're feeling it and not finding that around you, because sometimes that's what happens is when we change our energy and we decide we want something else, the people around us just aren't on that yet. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you have to discard them. It just means that you still need other people to help make sure you don't lose that energy. You don't want the other people to bring you down. And so you just do things differently with them than you would have in the past. And, totally. and you know what? Also, like, it's not even that they want to bring you down. It's just that they're a different, they're helpful at a different phase of your journey. Right. You My husband is not the person I tell about a big dream before I have the facts of like how I want to do it, because that's the way his brain works. He wants to be like, he wants to really like dig in and be like, oh, but like, how are you going to do that? I'm like, I'm not on how yet. I want to talk to someone about why and what. <laughs> Right. And that's actually like what I do. do with people. I don't focus on how I focus on the why and the what. Um, so I find other people who want to focus on why and what in that moment. And later he will be super helpful. Well, right now, like in certain, depending on where the idea is, it can be super duper helpful. So, you know, it's not even saying no to those people. It's just saying not right now. So I love that. that need yeah, there. exactly. It's just making sure the energy is right when you're sharing these things and you don't want the flame of your dream to go out. And that's why Mel and I are here doing what we want to do is we want more women to grow that fire so that you do feel confident to share with your spouse or other people who might not be there yet. But then you're going to encourage them to get there. 
And that's what this is all about, the ripple effect. So let's keep the ripple effect going. And I'll see you next time on the Genius Hub podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Before we wrap up, here are some key takeaways to remember from this episode. Number one, feeling seen and heard. Regularly ask, how are you actually doing? After someone has given a superficial answer to how are you doing? This follow-up question can make people feel genuinely seen and heard. Number two, cultivating curiosity. Letting curiosity guide our interactions with others can lead to more genuine conversations and deeper connections. Instead of trying to come up with something smart to say, consider asking, what am I curious about that person? Number three, the importance of giving permission. Give yourself permission to express your emotions and pursue your dreams. Also, grant yourself permission to be human, to have hard times, and to take action even if everything isn't perfect. Number four, celebrating uniqueness. Encourage your kids to explore, play, and find out what they are good at. Remember to celebrate their uniqueness and not to push them to conform to what others are doing. Number five, listening intentionally. It's essential to listen intentionally to others and give others the space to share their thoughts. It can be especially beneficial when interacting with our kids. We should listen more and refrain from cutting them off mid-sentence. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mama Genius Hub podcast, where we aim to inspire, connect, and empower extraordinary mamas like you. Your support can make a difference. Please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform to help us reach more mamas on their genius journey. Until next time, stay connected and keep shining your unique light in our community. Let's do motherhood together.